to part four, episode four of a five-part series talking about youth ministry road mapping. So we spent the last few episodes, hopefully you caught up on those. If you haven't heard episode 110 about what it means to discover, episode 111, what it means to build, or episode 112 about what it means to develop your ministry, then please rewind the station, go back to those episodes, listen to those, and then come back and check out this one where Chad Higgins, we talk about phase four of the youth ministry roadmap, which is to scale, 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 scale. So me and my buddy Chad Higgins are going to talk about what it means to scale in your ministry today. Chad, get us caught up a little bit and then introduce this idea of what are we scaling, what are we weighing, what are we measuring, and how it relates to growing a healthy youth ministry. When I think of scale, all I can think of is fish. Just fish. Just I'll be arm honest. up, ready. Scales. <laughs> oh, scales on the fish, not actually weighing the fish. Scales. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no I, th- I think when we're talking about scales, right, um, the, the first thing that, that I want to dive into, right, is we've talked about um, this process that we're going through, right, discovering, we're asking the questions, we're building something, and then this development process, we're building these these systems and all this kind of thing. Make right? it better, Yeah. We're making it better and all that kind of stuff. Um, to me, scales fits very well in this um, this development phase, if we're going to be really honest, right? I think that um, the scaling phase is – it's almost develop 2.0, if we're going to be real honest with ourselves, well, so right? It's this way, right? It's the develop is the stuff, and then the scale is the people that we give the stuff to, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, because I, I think as, as we talk about scale, right, um, there, there are shifts that yeah. are going to happen. And we're going to talk about a few different shifts that have to happen. And because one of the things that I want you to understand when we're talking about scale, uh, across our student ministry, right? We're not just talking about like individual like events or programs. Um, I think we can think of scale in those as well as, as we break that down. Um, but when we're talking across our entire ministry, when we're looking at scales, um, we we're talking about um, these these points of shift, yeah. and those happen at all different levels, right? Whether you're the youth minister of you know 14 students, right, and and you've up until this point, everything you've been doing has been in circle, right? right. And you're moving let's to huddle up, let's have Bible study, it'll be great. Yeah, right. And you're moving to like stage, right? That's yeah. a sh- there's a shift there. There's a scaling process there. You've got to start thinking of student ministry different. All of those kind of things. Um, then you start relying on. Uh, other adults to start coming in, right? That are yeah. leading small groups and things like that. There's a scaling process in that. Then you start thinking about bringing on, you know, uh, another layer into that, right? Into right. that process of making that even bigger to uh, to effectively care for all the students that are coming and all that kind of stuff. There's a scale process in that. There's even a bigger scale process when you start bringing on other staff members, right? Right. In, into your the your own journey may represent scale. You may have started as the volunteer leader and now you're getting paid to do this job because of the ways in which the ministry has shifted and grown before you got there and now in your tenure. Yeah, and, and so if if you're hearing us tonight, right, um, and, and you're you're just thinking of oh, scale is for the guys at the really big church. No, 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 no. Every one of us are going to go through different shifts in our student yeah. ministry, and so 
a lot of what we're talking about in, in this episode and when we talk about our uh, scaling is we're talking about those kind of philosophical shifts that go into our brain, into our people's brain, into our leader's brain. Well, and I think the way that we want to push on this in both, again, because Youth Ministry Booster is all about healthy ministries and healthy ministers. When you get to the, the development area, the, the, the phase four, stage four that we're calling scale, you are testing the capacity of both you as a leader and your ministry. How ready are you and how ready is your ministry for whatever the next thing is? And so... Again, you built something, you refined it, you developed it. Now you're getting the pressure because you're doing a good job and things are growing. Like how ready are you to lead at the next level and how ready is your ministry to minister at the next kind of capacity swell? And so whether that's 14 to 20 or 20 to 50 or 50 to 100, the the numbers are all relative because every increment is testing the capacity and the and the readiness, the structural integrity, right? So if development is us building the support beams to the ramshackle hut that was the building phase, this is the like the storm is coming and the winds are blowing. How strong and ready are you both as the ministry and the minister for what the next level is? And and hear us say this with a charitable heart. There may be a season where your scale is tested, where your structural integrity is tested and it may blow you back down to have to redefine and redevelop some of those things. You may get hit <laughs> and, yeah. and not be ready for what was next, but that's okay. That's why this stuff grows and waves and it returns. I mean, I, I think I would share very honestly that we had an amazing kind of growth run over the summer of 2017 where I felt like we moved from a development to a scale phase. But to be honest with you, Chad Higgins, January 2018, we're back in development again. We've grown, things have changed, but some of the stuff isn't as sturdy as I want right. it to be. We're going to have to go back through and not just patch it up, but take down some walls and renovate and revive some of the things that need to be a little bit better. As you should, right? And we talked yeah. about that in, in in episode one of this, right? So much of what we're talking about is this circular pattern, right? Right, that, right. That we, we build something, we develop it, we start to scale it, and, 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 it, it, may, like, and it may even, – even in successful scales, right? Yeah. We come back to this place of development because here's what you need to know and understand. If you don't go back to that, right, eventually you're either going to trickle down to where you don't need to scale or things continue to go well and you should have scaled and you're not ready for it. Yeah. Right? Like and you will miss out on growth. You'll miss out on growth because you didn't build the things in place. Right. It's so important for us when we're talking about building student ministry that we think of capacity, right? And student ministry, not only for ourselves, but our leaders and our ministry. And I want you to think for a moment and ask yourself this question. What is the capacity for my student ministry right now? Because I think for a lot of people, they say, man, I want to grow, right? Right. You talk to most youth ministers, whether it's pure or not, they want a big student ministry, right? More. Give me more. I'm Give ready me more. For more. <laughs> yeah, and we and, and, more and of every, everything. <laughs> everybody thinks that they're ready for more, right? Sure. And, and Why not? You, I dreamt it. I dreamt it, Chad. I should get it. If I have dreams, I should be getting it. But but the reality of it is, a lot of times we want more, but we're not ready for more. Right? Mm. We haven't built a process, right? The, we haven't developed a process that's ready for this scale. You know, um, a, a good buddy of mine would always explain it like this, right? He would always ask this question of, 
Um, how many students, right, or how many people do you feel like you could adequately, you know, disciple, develop that could walk with you? Like and, you personally. Like, like you, you personally, personally, right? If you were going to be in the business solely of making disciples, what's the number? Right. And before you could always answer, he would always interject with, and remember, <laughs> Jesus only did 12, right? Uh, so just go ahead and cap your <laughs> cap your expectations to at least less than 12. Right, right. Maybe 11 and a half at most. <laughs> <laughs> because I think for, for a lot of us, right, we – we think, oh, I was a student minister, right? I, you know, all this. And we look at all of our students, right? A lot of times where we just speak to them from stage or whatever. Yeah. And we think that we're quote unquote discipling them. But in the real. Knowing 60 names is not the same thing as discipling 60 kids. <laughs> Correct. And, and so you, you start to ask that question. And let's say, let's say you're an absolute rock star, Zach Workin. And you say, you know what? 10 people, right? 10. 10. All right, I can I can effectively walk with ten people, disciple ten. That's people. two. That's two a day on a work week, <laughs> right? Okay, let's say yours is yours is ten. All right, we're gonna help these students grow, develop as as full time employed youth minister on staff. Your number is ten. Good for you. You're a solid ten. Yeah. Way to go. So we're gonna assume that you have ten, and let's say you've got three adults that are volunteer leaders for you, right? And of course, right, these people aren't paid staff, and so obviously they can't do as many as you, but let's say these are rock star leaders. Sold out. They're into the vision. They helped you build it. They've been through all the training courses. They've never missed a meeting. They are ready and good to go. Right. And so let's say each of those can do eight, right? That's eight. Solid. Solid. That's They're <laughs> solid leaders, man. These are the best leaders that we know of, right? All together, right, your capacity at, at full blow go, all of you working as hard as you possibly can work, right, is 34 students, okay? Yeah. That's your maximum capacity. Now, if we're going to be really honest with ourselves, right, most of our leaders are going to maybe do three or four, three, right? Two, yeah, three, yeah, four, at yeah, most, yeah. Right? Now, they may sit in a room once a week. Right yeah. with these students, and they may do some Bible studies, and those are great. But we want to talk about actual discipleship because hopefully for us, right, for so many student ministries and churches around the country, right, their vision statement is to make disciples. Right, all so about if, it, all about it. Yeah. If that's the process, right, and we look at our our development process and we say this is our vision is to make disciples, right, not just let students sit in a room and hear a Bible study, right. To make disciples, right? There's this process that we want to do. So let's say for us, that is 34 students. We say right now, man, knocking on all cylinders. These are the best leaders that I've ever seen in my life. Boom, we can knock out 34. That means this, that the 35th student that walks through your door is not cared for. Mm. And and I think that we've got to let that sink in because oftentimes we want larger ministries, but if if we're going to be real honest with ourselves, we may not be caring for the ones that we currently have. And and so when we start to think of scale and we start to think of that development process, that we start really getting honest with ourselves of going, what is our capacity? And so instead of just wanting more and wanting more, we really start getting on our knees and we asking asking the Lord, God, help me build this. That if you were to give us more, that we're ready, that we would be faithful to that. And and, and so as we start to, to scale in, in this process, that we're asking these questions about our capacity. 
Well, and I think this is the thing related to that, Chad, that for a lot of folks to hear that the, the heavy the heavy critique of what is your actual capacity is what does it take to go to that next level is a high, high level of trust. Because when you are starting to ask other folks to minister in a high regard kind of way, you are trusting that they're going to do a great job. And I think for a lot of our listeners that this is the kind of trust that takes a lot of time that turns that number 10 for you maybe into a four or five because you're spending time with leaders trying to raise them up in a way that you would trust them to minister or you're recruiting other leaders to give some of this ministry away too. And so I think related to the idea of scaling in ministry is the openness that other folks are going to have to minister in places that you're not at. Like if you really care about the disciple making process and you're bought into small groups and mentoring and caring, you know, deeply and in like in relationship with young people and you know that you talking on stage isn't going to be the end all be all for students ministry has to happen in rooms that you're not in and that's a high level of trust and it's a high level of delegation which means a couple different things for a lot of youth ministry friends one you're gonna have to spend a lot more time with leaders like you're gonna have to actually like your leaders meet with your leaders um re- reproach, rebuff your leaders if they're not doing a good job, encourage your leaders so they can see what the good job is you want them to do. Training leaders takes a lot of time. If you think that you just had a meeting, you know, in the spring, in the summer, in the fall, and you're done, not the case. Like it takes a lot of time to train leaders, which number two means you're going to be spending less time with students. I think for a lot of youth ministers, they don't like hearing that, but as you grow or seek to grow or desire to grow or scale your ministry, you're going to find that part of one of the things that comes with a growing ministry is less and less time with actual students and with those instead that are leading the students you're trying to minister to. And that sounds like a weird, like middle management pyramid vicarious scheme, but that's the way in which we really grow and scale this thing. Think about it in your small groups on a Sunday morning or a midweek. If you've got small groups of middle school guys, middle school girls, or by grade, or by gender, or by interest group, or whatever, there's ministry happening in all those rooms that you're praying and trusting is good ministry, and that the curriculum you handed out, the questions you offered up, the thing that you prepared them with, instructed and trained them on is good, and that they're going to minister in the places that you're not at. And I think for a lot of our listeners and youth ministry folks, there's a readiness of our own self before we begin to check the ministry and what the ministry is capable of, has a capacity for, because of the ways in which we have to shift how much we trust and delegate and inform and train those that would do ministry alongside us and not just what we are doing for the youth ministry at the place that we're serving. Yeah. You know, I think as we, as we talk about this scaling process, right, like like each of these processes, that I want us to be reminded that we're we're communicating and we're leading through these, right? Um, for for each of us, um, and hopefully we we talk through this even in that discovery phase. That this isn't just pointing people at a place, but we're walking people through something, right? Yeah. And it, it's helping our people understand as we scale. My role looks different. Their role looks different, right? And we start to build in layers in our student ministry, right? That what we're developing is not just this one process, but we start to think in in layers of leadership uh, of this process of of going, okay, we've got our small group leaders, right? Or let's start from you in the bottom, right? You're leading a small group of students, right? Every Wednesday night, you're leading a small group of students. 
um, you, all of a sudden you hit 16 students, right? It no longer feels like everybody can talk. That's right. There's, there's too many voices. We're going to have to either split it up or we're going to have to say, you know, half of you can talk this week or we'll do the little straw thing where everybody gets two straws. You get two comments per right. night. <laughs> yeah. So now you've, you've got to, you've, you're scaling. Right. Yeah. So you bring in another leader. Maybe it's a female leader. She's going to take the girls. You're going to guys, girls, middle school, high school. Great. Yeah. Right. All right. And so you start to function in that way. There is ministry happening in the other room that you're not a part of. Right. That shift seems fairly easy for for people to wrap their brains around of going, okay, yeah, cool. Our our youth ministry is growing. Now it it starts growing even more than that. Maybe you hit about 35. You're going to start doing a large group thing on Wednesday. A little talk up front. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Some small group stuff, you know, on Sunday. There's like like handouts with questions on them that are like the follow-up to the talk. Yeah. We got a band, right? It's all that kind of stuff, right? and so it starts to look like that process. And we, so we now, now there's going to be some different expectations, right? Chad, why aren't you leading a small group anymore? You've yeah. always led a small group, right? And you were always our leader. Yeah. Right. And you've always done the high school boys, right? And all that kind of stuff. And so now it starts to look a little bit different. Your role changes. Your, your leaders start to understand why that would be the case, right? You're communicating that through the process, all that kind of stuff. Um, and now you get to a point, right? Let's say you've, you've grown even more. You've got, Let's say massive growth. You've got now 20 different small groups that are going on, right? And in in that process, your layer now is no longer just you and the small group leaders because 20 people, right? We talked earlier. All you can really care for is about 10, 10, right? (laughs) Now, what what do you do with that? Your leaders aren't getting cared for. Your leaders aren't getting trained, all that kind of stuff. And you start to develop another layer, right? Now you have people that are pouring into your small group leaders, right? Small group coach level, yeah. Small group coach level, right? You're starting to build that. You're bringing on other staff members, those kind of things. And so we're, we're scaling and we're walking through that. Uh, in a process. And so you're starting to think of layers of leadership. One of the things that you talked about is this, this leadership shift, right? Um, uh, of that, that you'll start to see. One of the things that I would encourage you in this scaling process is not only are you training your leaders to be great leaders now, but you're training your leaders to be great leaders in the future, right? right. That you're already building someone up, right? Even if you don't have those youth ministry coaches yet, you're starting to train up two or three that could be that in the future, right? That's right. They just, they're like they're like the best small group leader you have, and like everybody else wants to know what what Rod knows. Everybody else wants to know what what Dion knows because they're so good at what they do. They want they they want to learn from them, and, and it's kind of almost like you see it and you kind of set it up because they stand out. And again, like that's the part of you are like we talked about in the last episode, stepped back enough from the process itself that you can begin to identify the next thing cropping up, the next wave your ministry is going to ride because you don't want to miss it. The whole point of having the roadmap is to see where you're going to go so you don't miss it. You don't want to miss having that stuff tested and ready and your capacity expanding so that every kid that shows up is already ready to be brought into what you're doing and you're not trying to build the other stuff on too late because you were ready for the surge you were ready for the big thing to happen yeah you know i think one of the big things too in scale you talked about this 
this relational shift, right? Like it seems like you get to be less and less around the students. And, you know, for, for me at a larger church, that was always this, man, I was like, oh, I love hanging out with students and all that kind of stuff. But I, I realized that the best way that I was able to care for these students was to really develop and grow their leaders, make sure that they're spiritual, healthy, all of those kind of things. Right. But I think that there's also this shift in us that even goes past the relational thing of our capacity as a leader, right. To start identifying these kind of things, to build these kind of things that we're not just looking at, student ministries as it always has been done, but we're starting to find the thing of what are the things that only I could do, right? Yeah. And leading in that kind of place. You know, I, I think when we start to get to the, that place and we start to develop, we're bringing people in the process in areas that we would have never thought about, Right. You know, I I hear youth ministers all the time that just talk about how, oh, I'm so, I'm so bad at the administrative aspect of my job. Right. And my thought is always, well, find somebody who is right? Right, right. Because a lot of times we only think of, you know, small group leaders as people that we can find to serve. I promise you there are, there are people in your church right now that are so good at the financial pieces. They're so yeah. good at the administrative pieces. The hospitality, the welcome, the right. tech, the sound, the all the, the making the videos and getting the stuff done you want to get done. That's right. And we're we're all so busy trying to be the experts of all of those things that we're constantly in this place of learning, right? Instead of trying to play our piece, right? And trying to find who are the people that God has blessed and brought into this church to serve the people that are in here and to serve this community, that we can start to activate them in the gifting that God has given them to serve these people to reach this community. Well, so the way that I would frame it this way, so the leadership paradigm is to move from being an artisan, someone who makes or does something, to being a leader who's someone who is aware of something. I think for a lot of us, we put everything that needs to get done within our own ability. Well, whatever's going to get done is the stuff that I can do. It's okay to take the leadership stance and say, what's going to get done is the stuff that I see that needs to get done and having the awareness or the attentiveness to see it and then the capacity to begin to delegate it away. It's not going to get all delegated away today, but you should be taking note of the things that need to get done and that can be given away because it can't just be what you do. That's a bottleneck, and that's not good leadership. Just because you are the pinnacle or the point of like whatever might be the things that flow out of it, that is the wrong model for having a successful or a succession-based ministry strategy. The end of the roadmap that we'll get to in the next episode is not you standing on top having everything you thought you wanted at the highest point of the mountain, but it's you having left the forest, you having left the journey, and everyone behind you is doing a great job so you can go rediscover new things in new places. That's the ultimate goal is to give it all away. And so if you are hinged to the whole thing and the whole thing rises and falls with you, hear us say, listener, youth ministry leader, worker, whether you are volunteer, part-time, or full-time, you've got to begin to identify the places that ministry can happen without you. And if it can't, find ways that you can begin to give it away. 
When it comes to the scaling process, the big advice that I would give in this, if you've identified, hey, this is where I'm at, my big advice is this. Find people, find a coach, find somebody that is at that next place and learn from them. That's right. Whatever you've got to do to get yourself beside them, to figure out what they're doing, that is the absolute best thing that you can do for yourself. Because for for each of us, when we talk about this leadership capacity, I, you know, I believe that, that that is something that we can grow into, right? That we can develop and we can learn what that next thing needs to look like, right? How, how we get there, all of those kind of things. But we don't do that by just examining what we've always known, That's right? right? For some of us, we grew up in a student ministry of, you know, 35 students and you're now a student minister of 35 students and you're going, man, how do I get to 60 or whatever, yeah. right? And and we're constantly like batting up against this, right? I see youth ministers all the time, right? They'll hit 50 students and then they'll come back down to 35. 50 students and they'll come back down to 35, right? Over and over again. And they, they just get, they get frustrated, right? Right. Why won't we grow? Why don't we grow? We, we grow, but it never stays. Why don't I have momentum? Right. Yeah. And, and you continue to just wrestle with the same structure over and over again without realizing that there's got to be some actual shifts in the way that you do things. And we don't learn those until... Like we're truly in it, we're truly walking with somebody, and and they're able to look at your ministry and go, wait, why do you do it this way, right? Yeah. And 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 a lot of times, like we, we've got to walk through that process that's sometimes hard and sometimes makes us scratch our head and uh, and go, wait, wh- why does that matter, right? Because I've found yeah. that oftentimes when we talk about scaling, the things that we scratch our head and go, wait, why does that matter? When we finally implement it, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that changes everything. Yeah. And and so, man, there there's those things in scaling that, that I would really encourage you to find these people, to find a great coach that, that can walk you through this, that you can learn from, that you go and you go, hey, I, can I just come sit in your office for a week, yeah. right, and shadow you and, and, and all that kind of stuff? Lead me to the place that I haven't been before, and I think that's the reason that the metaphor for us is the roadmap, right? Like this is a place that you could get to if you knew what was next, and for a lot of you that are listening, it's not for lack of hustle. It's not for lack of effort. It's not for lack of care. You work hard. You care for your students. It's just you don't necessarily know what's the next thing because I, I know that for us, we don't always know what the next thing is. That's why we always try to surround ourselves with good friends that have gone further that have run farther and to ask them to follow in their footsteps to learn from them that's the true secret of great leadership is to put people around you that have outrun you and to say how did you get there what what steps did you take what journey did you what path did you walk down and so for those that are maybe on the border lines on the border places of, of developing into scale maybe the best thing you can do for you as a leader and for you as a as a minister for your ministry is to find someone to help you identify what it might take to move from that to this but then we'll see you back for the next episode when we talk about what it means to have a successful ministry and we're not just talking about big numbers but we're talking about something that lives and lasts so we'll see you back for the next episode episode five success i'm gonna turn your world
upside down. And I'm gonna show you things you've never seen.